0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thirsty Thursday edition of The Rundown. I will be your host today, Craig Deleuze, coming at you from the West Coast, the left coast, behind the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras, in a state known in free America as California. But as we all know, I do not do this program by myself. No, he does not. I am his co-host, the co-host
1: from the East Coast. That's the coast with the most from the co-host with the most. My name is Mike Waworski, I will be uh, joining you today as the co-host uh, from the East Coast. That's the co-host from the most from the East Coast with the most. Just want to make sure everybody got it. I said it twice this time because we got a right. comment that they don't know what I'm saying. So I, uh, <laughs> I just I spelled it out a couple different times there. Well, now um, that we've worked
0: listen, through some of our technical challenges and whatnot, dude, your you, your voice sounds so silky smooth, almost radio esque. And yours yours is uh, absent of helium
1: today, which is which is different.
0: Yeah, I know. Yes. New soundboard. Uh didn't do a sound check because we were we were we were rushing and uh well, needless to say no I Russian sounded collusion. like this. No and I was Russian saying collusion. follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> listen, <laughs> folks, um we sat down sat
1: down yesterday and uh I, I listened, listen, I have to pull the camera down and show you this, but uh yeah, totally new soundboards, totally new computer, everything going on, both of us on both sides here. Uh, and I hooked in a bunch of new stuff yesterday, and when Craig came on, we did the preview. He had that he had that weird high voice. And I thought, wow, those speakers are a little out of tune. I guess I'll just have to <laughs> see about I had no idea it was anything on his end. I thought it was computer on my end. Didn't say anything. So when people started to comment yesterday, what's wrong with Craig's voice? I was like, maybe it's not my speakers. <laughs> maybe there is something that is there.
0: Well, folks, it is what it is, but we're working it out. We appreciate your patience uh as we work through the technical uh gibber jabber. That's 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 a,
1: that's in the book by the way. When you open up the technical manual, it says Chapter One Jibber Jabber.
0: Technical Jibber Jabber. That is <laughs> that is in fact the way that it goes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All y'all right. Don't stop. Well, let's go ahead and let's jump right in, shall we? All right. Now yes, we y'all. all know you guys have been following this. I, you know, I just realized I always start with you know we all know, but maybe we don't all know. <laughs> we don't all know this one. Uh, Bunch of dumbasses out there. <laughs>
1: On the liberal side, the liberal side.
0: Yes, on the liberal side, there are a bunch of, uh, well, dumbasses. We'll just, we'll just call them what they are. Uh, we, could, we could just say they're French and call them Mr. Dumas. Dumas. Dumases. I mean, on Dumas. 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 Okay, there you go. Um, so, we all, know, well, yeah, this we do all know. We do all know that there are those who are intent on calling what happened on January 6th an insurrection. Uh, Now, mind you, it was a protest. Uh, It was a rally. It was a protest. Uh, There were people who did engage, who did, once they went to the Capitol, did engage in some violence as well as individuals who entered the Capitol. Uh, Supposedly, some knowingly illegally and some illegally and some did some stuff while they were in there. And, uh, you know, we're all in favor of those who committed crimes that we make sure that, you know, they're held accountable. So let's just get that out there. Uh, But... There's an attempt now to actually go after anybody who said anything uh, anywhere near or around or approximate, approximating uh, January 6th who might have said something uh, that they can deem or they are going to attempt to deem uh, to have been insightful and then charge them with actually participating in the quote-unquote insurrection of January 6th. And one of the things they're trying to do is to keep individuals off the ballot uh, who were in who who may or may not have been uh, who may who they believe were participants uh, and one example is here in North Carolina there's an election board that's trying to disqualify a sitting congressman from running for re-election now this North Carolina election board's basically saying that uh he what he said what he participated in was the in was basically an insurrection uh they're trying to say that his words when he talked about Uh, you know, when he, when they, when he talked about the fact that, uh, we need to fight, uh, to come against, uh, what they're trying to do, that we need to not ratify or certify the election. They're trying to say that that, in fact, those words, those very words are in fact, are in fact, uh, incited people to participate in the riot. And therefore he ought to not be able to run for reelection. Uh, Mike, I just, I find this to be slightly, uh, Well, I'll just say this. Uh, Number one, it is endangering our democracy, our our democratic uh, republic. Uh, But secondly, I find it to be significantly hypocritical. Oh, hypocritical is is the least
1: of it. Tyrannical is is probably more accurate. Uh, You know, they're going to decide who gets to be their opponents by... By because remember, this is not just one opponent arguing with another opponent. This is the uh, the sitting, uh, you know, b- the board there th- that's deciding, well, we know we're going to disqualify him because we don't like his politics, not because he did something illegal, which he did not. Uh, there's no crime been charged, no nothing, no ethics violation, no morals violations, nothing along those lines. They don't like that he was there in DC with you know, depending on which uh, which service you look at 10 or 15 of his closest thousand you know friends and buddies uh you know exercising their first amendment rights they don't they don't like that at all i'm telling you craig we are getting closer and closer to the day where it's it's going to be time to you know fill up the cattle trucks and ride some people out into, outside the village and have a conversation with them
0: well now mike here's what gets me so they're specifically saying that it was when he said it's time to fight and he called the people the people who refused to to not certify the election or the people who said that they were going to certify the election, uh, the Republicans, he called them cowards. And those yes. two statements, and what's funny is they don't even use the statements in the full context of what he said. They literally just pull out uh, those two like little segment here and little snippet there. And that's what they're using as a, as a means by which to, quote unquote, disqualify him now. You remember when Donald, during the during the, the uh, impeachment trial for Donald Trump, they actually Wait, played one? a video of which Democrats one? saying, yeah? Which impeachment trial? Oh, the second impeachment trial. The one relating to January you know, like, 6th. They're 0-2 <laughs> the against them. <laughs> yeah, they are 0-2. But let me play a small snippet of what some of the Democrats had to say, uh, you know, once he got elected.
1: Throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. I'd like to take
0: him behind the gym if I were in high school. If you
1: were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him.
0: No, I, I will go and take Trump out tonight. Take him out now. Okay. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful.
1: An awful lot about blowing up the white house please get up in the face of some congress people people will do what they do i want to tell you for such i want to tell you kavanaugh you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price we're gonna go in there we're gonna the well, this is just a warning to you trumpers be careful
0: walk lightly And for those of you who are soldiers, make them pay. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And there's more. I promise to fight.
0: Anyway, so the, the point behind all of that was, now, I heard threats on the president's life. I heard that they were threatening to physical harm upon him, upon Trump's supporters, uh, elected officials telling them to attack people, right? Now, I'm wondering uh, how many of those folks are going to be decertified or or, first of all, how many of them are being investigated by the Secret Service because they should be. But how many of them are going to be decertified from being able to run for office because I would love to see Maxine Waters and Elizabeth Warren and the Vice President not be allowed to hold public office because uh well because of their threats of violence. Um anyway, that's what I that's that's what I'd like to see anyway. Uh but who knows if that in fact is something that will actually happen? Uh I sincerely doubt it. Uh, because, well, as we know, Democrats, well, they don't hold each other accountable. They don't hold themselves accountable. Uh, they don't believe in uh, what's the word I'm saying. They believe that when they decide, when they say something, when they come out against something, they believe that it's well, they're they're just you know, they, it's it's all metaphorical, right? They they believe that they are being metaphorical. But when Republicans say something that is clearly metaphorical, well, they are clearly inciting insurrection. That's, uh, that's kind of their perspective. And I don't understand how or why they think that they can get away with that. But for some reason, Mike, uh, they seem to think that they can get away with just you know saying whatever and doing whatever. and uh, they really don't have to be accountable for the words that they use. You know, I think the, uh, the best one in that examples
1: that you had there, Craig was, and uh, I, I did not catch her name when she said, we were going to go to Trump and F him up and it got bleeped out. I think that's the only one that you could say was not a real threat. Everything else was, I'm going to punch him. I'm going to assassinate him. I'm going to murder him. The one that
0: said, I'm going to F him does up. Does one I'm of like, us have to come out alive? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm like, right, wait a yeah. minute. So you were in the elevator with, with Pen- she's in the elevator with Pence and Donald Trump. And she thinks she's the one that would come and make it out alive if, they, if, if it went down like that. Well, she's, she's wiry. You know, she's, she's wiry. Why are Why are Why are they color the leg uh, I'm just I, once again and I get it people use colorful language when talking about stuff but you don't get to then turn around the when someone else says we need to fight when yeah. the other side says the same exact thing you don't get to then say they incited violence you, you just don't get listen, to listen. they that. said
1: we're going to punch Donald Trump they said somebody has yes. to put a bullet in him okay yes. those are direct Death threats those people should be in jail absolutely
0: should be in jail right now most definitely most definitely uh they should be in not only should they be in jail but they definitely should not be allowed to run for public office if it well, in this particular case if you use their own standard if you simply say to a group of people we need to fight then no you are now uh, according to their standard you are disqualified from running for public office but that's that's what tyrants do right right you know Can't, can't be can't be surprised when tyrants do what tyrants do that's right. That's right. All right. Okay. Moving right along for our next topic, uh, we're going to be talking about well, th- the Texas shooting. That shooting took place at a church in Texas. Now, uh, you guys recall there was an individual went out, bought a firearm, was had he had been uh, uh, released from the military. Uh, he was uh, it was it, I believe it was a dishonorable discharge. Whatever form of whatever. Uh, discharge it was, he was not supposed to be able to own own or possess firearms, right? Uh, Yet he went, he went through the background check. He was able to purchase a firearm and he used the firearm that he purchased uh, to shoot up folks in a church there in Texas. Well, now, uh, so the the victims or the families of the victims, uh, those who survived and the families of those who did not survive uh, sued the federal government because of their failure to do their jobs, which, by the way, in many cases with a lot of these uh, mass casualty events involving firearms, we find uh, it's usually the government failed at one point or another. Uh, and in this case, uh, they failed to the tune of $230 million. That's how, many, that's how much uh, the federal government is going to have to pay to the uh, to the victims of this particular shooting, so one of the things, Mike, that it shows me is that you know at least there's some recognition, at least by this judge, that uh, a lot of these shootings, or at least this shooting, was largely a fail of the government to do their job. Yeah, that's exactly what this was. Remember, Craig, we have to
1: have background checks because background checks are going to save us all. Well, what would happen here is this guy got out of the Air Force, if I recall correctly. Uh, he had, a, like you said, it was either a dishonorable discharge or a general discharge uh, under other, other, other than honorable conditions. Either way, it was one of those discharges that should have precluded him from getting a background check positively approved when he goes to purchase a firearm. Well, the Air Force did not report that to whether you know it was the DOD or directly to FBI as they were supposed to, and this guy was able to go purchase the firearm after being denied, or he should deny his rights based on his discharge from the military. Well, guess what? Their background checks didn't work again. And this time they didn't work again, Craig, because they screwed it up. And that's where this judge decided, hey, federal government had an obligation to us based on their their absolute profession, Craig, that, that the background checks will stop this from happening, will stop firearms uh, you know, uh, crimes from happening. Well, it didn't happen and it was the government's fault. And so the
0: government got to pay. Well, you know, but isn't the history of mass casualty events involving firearms isn't it just like full of instances where individuals uh, legally purchased a fire, well, let me clarify, were not supposed to legally be able to purchase a firearm and yet uh, the government failed to do their job. It, it was the, there's the Orlando shooting, uh, the, or the shooting took place in Orlando, the Orlando nightclub, the Pulse nightclub shooting. Uh, that was a guy who, you know, had been investigated and looked into by the FBI and the DO, you know, and, and was a government contractor and yet and still he was they they knew there were problems with him and yet and still he was able to purchase a firearm uh there the sh- shooting there are a number of shootings here in california where that's happened once again where the government failed and by the way we have very uh we have We're california is a point was called a point of contact state where our department of justice does it so when they do the background check the the nics background check is just a part of the background check that they do um, but yet and still, people able to purchase firearms when they're not supposed to, and uh, needless to say, we're not safe. But, uh, well, that just kind of seems to be the way that it is. Uh, well, <laughs> kind of like Mike, the way it is in San Francisco. Uh, I Now, this was one that I found to be interesting, and I know that they were rumored to be doing this, uh, and I did not actually think that they were going to be pushing this idea. But in the city of San Francisco, now, they're realizing that... Uh, There's a housing crisis, quote unquote, crisis in California that is, they say is, or a homeless crisis that they say is largely because, well, you know, rents and whatnot are too high. Uh, But no small part of it, quite frankly, we know is drugs and drug addiction, but, you know, we won't debate that right now. But one of the things that's been happening in the city of San Francisco is there's a lot of vacant housing, uh, whether they be apartments, condos, or homes. Uh, they're vacant because people are like they don't want to rent it below market value in some cases below what the actual mortgage on the property is So they're trying to hold out so that they can get renters who can actually at least at the very least pay the mortgage Well in San Francisco now there is a proposal and they're going to be putting it on the ballot The supervisors have actually uh, voted to put it on the ballot uh, It's a ballot initiative where they need about 9,000 signatures if passed this will create a tax on vacant properties. That's right, you're gonna have to pay a fee if you have a home uh, or an apartment uh, and you're not leasing it or renting it. You know, maybe like you say, if it's, if it's vacant. Uh, it's going to amount to, uh, where is it at here? The the tax here, oh, going down, going down, going down, going down, uh, it's like $2,500. Uh, well, it starts off at $1,000 then it goes up to uh 25 Oh no here it is right here so it's if you have if a unit is smaller than 1000 square feet you'll be taxed $2500 for the year right or a, prog, a little over $200 a month uh, if it's or $10,000 over 3 years or for 3 years if it's a home that is 20,000 or more square feet you're going to be taxed 20,000 for uh, taxed up to 20,000 for up to the third year. So Mike, they're trying to manipulate the market by forcing people to rent out their properties or pay the tax.
1: Yeah. You, you know, it's just, it's so California, right? Yeah. Craig, I guarantee you, and it's probably not in this part of the story that, um, uh, these people that have their 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 houses or me, their their you know rental of facilities that are left vacant i bet you they're getting a government subsidy for that i bet you they're getting something from the city from the county or from the federal government that says oh uh, it's my COVID protection money where I, I i'm unable to rent it now because people are out of work so i get a stipend or a supplement uh, towards that I, I guarantee you there's there's somebody out there getting their money this is just like what we saw with the the small business loans, which became the large business loans uh, after COVID started, that's allowing them to uh, put extra money in their pocket so they don't they don't lose it. Just same way renters remember, Craig, renters didn't have to pay for
0: forever. Well, you know, Mike, actually in California, one of the things that was interesting was they we were provide Cal, the state was providing uh, subsidies to renters, but not to landlords. Or or let me clarify. Before they were providing subsidies, what they were doing was telling renters, "Yeah, you don't have to pay your mortgage. You can't your or your rent. You won't be evicted." And then after that, they started then paying subsidies, right? So now, then they right. had the rent subsidies that people could apply for. But as far as I know, so far there hasn't been any real subsidy, at least in California that I know of, for landlords. So if you well, own what, the property, what you had
1: was, I, I, I'd, I'd encourage you to check what you had was. Um, they were told that they didn't have to pay the bank, that the bank was going to have to allow them to just to continue to uh, push back, uh, you know, the loan or the mortgage or whatever, because if it was COVID related. So So in other words, they
0: weren't able to engage. They weren't able to then engage in foreclosures. Now, the problem that that creates is that as soon as the moratorium is lifted, you have back mortgage that if you don't catch up on it, uh, property gets foreclosed on. And by the way, no, that was, part
1: of, that was part of the deal under the COVID was you just push it back. So if you're in the middle of a 25 year mortgage, I don't think it, it worked yes. that
0: way. I don't think it worked that way. I could be okay. wrong. I, I wholly okay. admit I could be wrong. Uh, but I do know that there was a lot of talk about landlords needing relief and they, I don't know that they ever got it. Right. Um, either way, forcing people to rent out their properties uh, is, I mean, this is market manipulation is what it is. Yes. Yes. Um, And what you're going to wind up having is you're going to wind up having people trying to sell these properties and they're going to wind up selling them for far below what would have normally been market value. Yep. Yep. And they're going to be able to write off those leases, those losses for up to 10 years, right? Yep. They're going to write off those losses, which means less tax money for the state. Because the people who own these properties are largely probably high income earners. And if they're high income earners, they're the people that pay the overwhelming majority of the taxes in California. So now all of a sudden, you're going to start to see tax revenue in California uh, start to be d- dramatically impacted.
1: Yep, absolutely right. Then once again, the rest of us around the country get to pay for California's financial woes. Well, as
0: long as well as long as Democrats are in charge in Washington D.C. and they'll continue to try yeah. and subsidize states like California yeah. and New York. Yep. and and Michigan, I mean, all the, all these, all the liberal states who pass all these liberal policies, yep. uh, you'll continue to subsidize this. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, and that was one of the brilliant things about, about uh, Trump's tax policy was at the very least it made it so that look, we're, okay, California's a high tax state. You don't get to then sub be subsidized by the rest of the country, at least when it comes right. to your property taxes and your, and your, uh, and your income tax.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and then remember, and then law enforcement training, and then remember, uh, right, uh, Four and Three, uh, the president flat out outside, goes, No, you, you've you screwed this up. You, you, you cover, you, you figure out a way to cover it yourself,
0: right? Exactly. And, and the sad part is, is that in California, um, because the investment class has done so well during COVID, and this, this is important for you to understand, the California economy is not doing exceptionally well, we have the highest unemployment in the entire country. We have some of the lowest GDP in the entire country. But the, the key here, the point here is that the investment class, people who invested in these companies, because when uh, when the governor was shutting down all the small businesses, he let the big businesses stay open, uh, the online businesses stay open. And so people were investing in them and people, the investment class made a boatload. And So California yep. has a surplus. And so they mistake that for thinking we have a strong economy. And we don't. And uh, as soon as those investments start to go down, uh, we will start to see massive, probably, you know, s- you know, billion-dollar deficits, Ca- right. deficits in the state of California, multi-billion-dollar deficits in the state of California.
1: Correct, correct.
0: It is uh, sadly only a matter of time if we keep on the same path. But. Mike, it's, it's the myth. It's the myth that people think that you can just keep, you, you can keep going after, you can keep trying to kill the golden goose and, uh, and it will still continue to lay eggs no matter what you do. Uh, now this next story, uh, actually, uh, comes from our good friends over at, uh, Liberty Park press, uh, the folks who are from the, uh, second amendment foundation. Uh, there was the mayor, uh, there in, uh, I believe it was Seattle. And the mayor of Seattle decided to come out and he was talking about the fact that uh, he wanted to institute gun laws in the city of Seattle. Uh, but, you know, he couldn't because of this rare thing that exists called preemption uh, that almost no other state in the country has uh, that prohibits local governments from passing uh, firearms laws uh, or laws or gun control laws uh, because, you know, the evil people who put it in place there in the state of Washington, well, uh, they didn't want local governments to be able to protect themselves. Well, it turns out according to uh, the folks once again, or, or Alan Gottlieb and the folks over at Liberty Park press turns out that, well, he, what he was talking about was actually a myth. Uh, one of the things they note in this article, Alan Gottlieb points out, Mike, that uh, 42 states, 42 states in the country actually have preemption laws. Now, maybe you can help our, our viewers understand exactly why is it important to have uh, these sorts of preemption laws?
1: Well, that way you don't get a uh, patchwork laws got uh, your grades. You now, whether, whether, let's, again, let's say it's a uh... Let's say it's speeding laws, Craig, and, uh, and every interstate, every county, excuse me, every city and every county owns a piece of your major interstate that runs through your state, right? And, uh, and every city and county decides they're going to change the speed limit on that uh, piece of interstate. Might be 35, might be 55, might be 75. But we're not going to put up any signs that tell you that there's been a law change when you cross over a jurisdictional boundary. So now you're going to drive down the interstate and you have no idea what the speed limit is, and you're getting pulled over every five miles because the laws are different. That's what preemption stops. It says only the state shall have the authority to make laws governing this body of laws, whether that be speed on the interstates or uh, firearms uh, you know, firearms laws. Yeah.
0: Well, exactly. I think you just hit the nail on the head. One of the things I found that's kind of interesting, like here in the state of California, we actually have, for example, the city of San Francisco uh, prohibits uh, 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 hollow points, hollow point ammunition. So I may have the ability to conceal carry and legally, I, they have to recognize my conceal carry permit. But if I'm utilizing, or if I have in my possession hollow point bullets, I could be breaking the law. They, they could arrest me uh, and confiscate my firearm and conf- confiscate the ammunition. That's the sort of thing that happens because you don't know what cities have what laws. Um, and that's why states want to do that. It's, it's, it's not even really about being pro second amendment it's about protecting people's rights. You know, obviously if they, people will say that being ignorant of the law is no excuse, right? It doesn't exempt you from the law, but in cases like this, how can you comply with laws that you have absolutely no idea because it changes from, from boundary to boundary, from city to city or from County to County?
1: Well, you're right. Listen, ignorance of the law is no excuse for disobeying the law. However, Unlawfully creating a law is ju- is more illegal. You you, right. you can't be expected you can't be expected to abide by an, an, an illegal law. You know right. if the law if the preemption says we are the only ones that make laws around this, well then that's what you do. The state said uh, I shall uh, you know uh, we, we shall be in charge of this law. And if some city charges you with violation of some law that they created or ordinance they created beyond the state law, right. guess what? That's why you get sentenced in state courts. You don't get sent, you know sentenced in uh, city courts. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah, so
0: good. to 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 go back to your example, when it came to speed signs or speed laws, it's not that a city cannot set speed laws in their particular area. It's though that it has to be posted, and it has to be posted in an area where people can see. Otherwise, you default to the state standard. What is it on the highway? What is it on a on a on a road? What is it in a school zone? Right. You, and you have. Well, to...
1: that's why, that's why, right. That's why I give the example of the interstate, because the right. interstate, only the feds and the state can put that that on there. You want to get off the highway and change right. some speed some, uh, limits in your little town. That's fine. But that's
0: even in those cases, it has to be posted. Yes. If it's not, it then it defaults or, to what the state is. give people the idea that
1: I can create an illegal law and then just post it
0: and it'll be all right. Right. So. <laughs> okay no okay i see your point i see your point but these are the sorts of things that once again these are the sorts of things you hear people on the uh, anti-gunners or people on the left they they continue to say things that just flat out are not true and most of the folks in the media don't check them on it right and yeah. it's because they're able to get away with saying things that are not true that you have many in the electorate many voters who who assume things they think they they think they think they know what they're talking about but you and I both know they have no idea what they're talking about and the worst part is is that when you share with them the truth they get angry with you
1: yes yes they do they don't like to be shown up right
0: <laughs> nope nobody likes nobody likes to be shown up um and then, you know once again that goes back to you know just the very truth of and I will go to our go to our parting shot it was amazing to me how few people out there actually believe that there were actually violent riots that took place during, uh, during, the, during the 2020, the summer of 2020, summer and fall of 2020. Uh, once again, they fall into the idea of this. They were mostly peaceful protests. Now, Mike, I've already gone through the numbers. There were about 8,700 total protests. Uh, about 600 of them were violent uh, and uh which so you can say most of the protests were peaceful now with them by the way that that's based on a very liberal understanding of what is violent but what we know is about 94% 95% of the violence of the 600 and that's a lot of violent protests uh yep. violent protests actually originated out of these quote unquote peaceful protests uh yep. which by the way leads us to this um once again, 2020, 2021, across America, we saw uh, uh, over uh, thousands of police officers were injured, uh, several dozen people were killed, uh, private property and businesses were looted and destroyed, uh, they went after courthouses, they went after city, city halls, uh, billions of dollars of damage was done, and yet to them, that was mostly peaceful. Yet now you have the protest that is taking place in Canada. Uh, there's been no property destroyed. There's been no one harmed. There's been no injuries. There's been no death. Uh, maybe there's been a few parking laws or traffic laws that have been violated. But other than that, no sign of a quote-unquote violent insurrection. And yet that's exactly how the mainstream media would have you believe is going on right now in canada america's hat i I like to think of it as our attic you know exactly there There are some cool some cool things up in the attic but you spend enough time long enough time up there you realize there's a reason why you don't spend a lot of time in the attic
1: (laughs) but uh listen uh, god bless those guys up there in canada those truck drivers those gals and guys they're uh, they're doing what they're doing you know they're they're standing up for freedom and uh And uh, hopefully it uh it, it bleeds across the border into to their brethren here in the States. So that wouldn't that be a kick the dance, right?
0: That would be phenomenal, and I am so much looking forward to uh once again, peaceful protest, people standing up and seeking yeah. redress from their government. Uh I'm yeah. all, I'm one hundred percent down for that. And uh unfortunately, yeah. uh Mr. Trudeau there in uh Canada is not in favor of that. But then again, he is a socialist Marxist, so we know so. Yeah, we know so. All right, Mikey, how about a quick shout out to the sponsors before we go?
1: Let's Say hello to our good friends at uh, Gorilla Machining, Grid Defense, and of course, our good good friends, our good people at the California Republican Assembly.
0: Yeah, folks, please make sure, once again, visit their websites. The links to their websites are in the description to this video. Uh, You going and supporting them encourages them to support us. So once again, help them help us help you as we talk about 2A news and conservative views. Uh, with that, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe, uh, and encourage your friends to do the same. With that, sir, I guess we are Audi 5000. Free back Friday, tomorrow.